The Push Podcast, people united for spina bifida and hydrocephalus. A podcast created to bring people together and to amplify the voices, stories, and abilities of our spina bifida and hydrocephalus community. B is for the people, both big and small. U is for the unity that gathers us all. S for spina bifida, H for hydrocephalus. Say the push to the world, never let them get the best of us. Hey, what's going on? My name is Danny Lamb, and I'm your host of the Push Project Podcast. I was three years old when I was diagnosed with hydrocephalus, and I'm passionate about using my abilities to connect our community and to create a space for others to feel empowered to share their story. If you like what you hear and you want to hear more, please don't hesitate to subscribe, find us on Facebook and Instagram, or to be a featured guest, please email us at asongacity at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. We look forward to having you. All right, welcome back to another episode of We're going to continue rolling on the athletic train um, with a good friend of mine, Trevor. Trevor, how you doing? I met Trevor through um, our last guest, Miranda Mishler. If you have not gone and watched her episode or listened to her episode, I should say, Please go do that. It was a great combo, as this one will be. Uh, Trevor, we're going to get into a lot of different stuff. But first of all, where, where are you from? I'm from a small town in Oklahoma called Beggs. Cool. How, how many, I'm curious to know, how many people live? I think it's about live? 1,500. Okay. It's pretty small. All right. Yeah, that's, I was going to, I was going to compare the small town that I grew up in, which was 13,000. But yeah, yours is smaller. <laughs> Your yours wins. <laughs> um, um, so you and to to just kind of speak for a second to uh, Miranda introducing me to you. Um, can you tell the folks a little bit? How do you know Miranda? So actually, we met at the movie United Junior Nationals in uh, Denver, Colorado, last month. Um, I just happened to meet her in the hotel lobby and we kind of hit it off and kind of just hung out and competed all weekend and well, really all week. And, uh, yeah, that's how we met. Dude, that's wicked. So you are a competitor. We're going to get into all of that stuff. Want to know more about, um, everything you do in the competition world and athletic world. Um, 
but I, I, I want to dive right into it. And, and I guess with athletics in mind, with competition in mind, I'm curious, what's your biggest dream? I have a lot of them. So right now I'm training for the heaviest deadlift for a man with spine bifida, uh, seated deadlift for a man with spine bifida. I'm trying to deadlift 635 pounds. Right now the record is 628. Okay. Um, trying to get that by Christmas. Then I'm trying to um, make Team USA for uh, adaptive powerlifting and uh, compete in Paris. Dude, that's awesome. Awesome. I, uh, I, I made some jokes about buying my ticket to seeing Miranda in Vegas in uh, what, what year is Vegas? 28. Sorry, LA, uh, in 20, 2028. So I, I might as well say the same thing about you <laughs> in, in Paris. Um, so, you know, no, no pressure whatsoever, but, uh, I'll, I'll maybe look to buy my ticket tomorrow. So yeah, just, just, you know, do, do well. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> That's all we can have. Okay. So Trevor on the, on the, uh, the topic of sport and competition, how did you get into sport, period? Okay, so it was actually in the waiting room of a speech therapy office for my little sister. So I was just sitting there in the waiting room, and I had shorts on so you could see my splints. And a lady named Nancy McChesney walked by and just happened to recognize me. And she happened to be one of the best uh, Special Olympic and Paralympic coaches in the state. and just happened to think hey i wonder if this kid wants to join my swim team and came up and asked and so i joined started training and that's how it all started oh my god so it started at swimming and then just continued to evolve absolutely so actually i found um my other sports through injuries um i blew up my knee during swimming and um so then i found archery because i couldn't do swimming anymore and then i found shooting and then i found powerlifting and (laughs) Yeah, so um, I just kind of, it all spiraled into this big, awesome thing, and I loved it. Man, that, I love, I love the idea of one thing, one thing causing a ripple effect, and and it's so cool how that one thing was the spark, that was swimming, and even that coach asking you was the spark, and then you just continued to find different things that, that, you, you fell in love with and that worked yeah. and that were awesome i love that and 10 years later i'm still working with the same coach so oh cool 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 can i ask as well 10 years later um i can only imagine that that relationship has continued to grow and evolve oh, and become definitely. that much stronger yeah other than family she's one of the closest people to me there's not That's- many people i think more than her can I ask, as a, as a competitor, as an athlete, how important to you is it that you have a good connection with your coach? Oh, vital, vital. Especially as a young athlete, you're so amped up. You're so terrified during competition. To just be able to look up and see somebody right there with you that you trust with your life it means the world. Um, mm. One of my best memories from competing was at one of my first swim meets. I was on a 25-meter freestyle race, and I remember going up for a breath and looking up on, uh, on the deck, and there's Nancy right there walking alongside me, just screaming her head off, just so pumped up for me. And I'm like, all right, let's go. And I just booked it to the end. And then before I even had a chance to get out of the water, 
she just reached down and pulled me out and gave me the biggest bear hug I've ever had. It was Man. one of my best memories from competing. That's so, so cool. So, so cool. Um, and I asked that because I, I even myself, I'm a huge fan. And, and I think it's, it's, it's something that's super, super important to me that I have a good connection with anybody that I'm doing any kind of work with. Because of, yes. of, of yes. course, that work um, gets that much stronger. The results get that much stronger when you're, when you're aligned with those people that you're working with and you can, Absolutely. you can full heartedly put that trust and love and respect and transparency, all those core values that are important to you. You can put all those things on them and they can put all those things on you. And you just know that you, you know, you want nothing but the best for each other. That's, that's Absolutely. some powerful medicine right there. For sure. So cool. Ah, dude, that's incredible. And well, we're going to dive into uh, we're going to dive into a lot more of your sport, a lot more of those goals, dreams, Paralympics, period. Um, and uh, and we've talked about it a bit, but uh, it, it's such a, you know, we just finished the Olympics. We've got, as we say, the warmups just ended. Now the real show <laughs> begins with the Paralympics in, in 14 days. Um, but uh, you had told me uh, earlier on that sport saved your life. I'm really curious. What did you mean by that? Or what do you mean by that? All right. So growing up, I didn't really know anyone with a disability uh, other than my little sister with Down syndrome. And so I kind of got really depressed, I guess is a good word, um, mm -hmm. being around some incredibly athletic people. I just was always slower, always t more tired, kind of just not able to do what they were able to do, kind of left mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. Um so I got really, really depressed. I kind of viewed myself as broken, almost like yeah. trash. Yeah. And uh, so I was in a really bad place mentally going up for probably about two years before I went to the Endeavor Games. Mm. Um, and I ended up uh, attempting to take my own life. Um, and so I just kept getting worse and worse as time went on. And I was at probably my worst place ever because my grandpa just died and when we went to the Endeavor Games in 2018 the moment I walked through the doors at the wellness center in Edmond Oklahoma will literally change my life forever mm. that was the first time I ever laid eyes on adaptive athletes mm. every single person in there had the biggest smile on their face they had tons of challenges but they were out there and they were not just you know living life happily they were dominating life they were mm. incredibly kind, incredibly humble, and absolute beasts. Mm. And I realized that was capable, like I was capable of that. And that was life-changing. So ever since then, I've just really kind of thrown myself at adaptive sports headhold, or mm. as hard as I can. Yeah. Yeah. Man, first of all, I just want to say thank you for sharing all that, because that's... Um, uh, that's a lot. And, and, and I, I just value you being so honest and vulnerable and, and transparent with your story, because that in itself, that vulnerability is, is a powerful, a, a powerful piece. And, and then um, to going to the games and, and, and your perspective shifting and, and starting to, to see, um, see things that you didn't grow up 
seeing uh, or understanding or knowing or and and that empowerment piece is is just a really really incredible um piece so thank you for sharing all of that um because that's uh yeah it's powerful um is there uh, so to that um with with you, you you talked about challenges and and folks within our com- community, say of spina bifida and or hydrocephalus or just disability at large. Period. Um, is there anything that you've accomplished in sport, competition, uh, or training that people have doubted you being able to do, or kind of just not not thought you could handle? Not really in a malicious way, but absolutely. Yeah. There's yeah. been a lot of people that have been kind of, they're my friends, but mm. they are just kind of skeptical that I'm mm. capable of doing stuff, mm. but um, that makes it all the more fun to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, prove them people wrong. <laughs> love it. Oh, love it. Um, you had told me that, uh, that living with spina bifida makes you a better athlete. What do you mean by that? Oh, it definitely does. hundred percent. It's the mental toughness. You yeah. get just living with spina bifida or really any disability. Yeah. You have to go through a lot more than a lot of people deal with. Yeah. And then just constantly having that pressure, you get a ton of mental toughness and then you're capable of going so much farther, going through a lot more crap than anyone else can yeah without quitting and so it makes me a lot better of an athlete yeah um do you find you know one of the kind of to to that as well again thank you for sharing all that um i'm a creative person uh whether it be music songwriting whatever i'm i'm very much a creative do you think having to get creative with things and, and like a, approach approach doing things in different ways makes you that much stronger? Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. It's, you got to build up muscle memory for yeah. that and just get in the habit of doing things differently and thinking about how you do it. Yeah. But then um, it really can make you see so many more opportunities whenever you get in the habit of looking for them. Yeah. 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 Um, it's actually interesting and, and talking about, uh, doing things differently. And, and I don't know, this isn't too relatable. I, I don't think, but, um, I was chatting recently with a friend of mine about soccer and, uh, and, and chatting about specifically Brazilian soccer. And we were chatting about why and how the Brazilians on a global stage are typically so, so good. Um, and, and in large part, it's because they don't train on this like huge Olympic size soccer field. They play on what's called a futsal um, court with this really small, heavy ball. Um, and, and it's a really small space, small goals with like grown adults, you know? So um, on a big field, you can send the ball along, you can chip the ball. There's so much space to move and, and like, you don't have to do things to like, um, there's just a lot of space to think and to move and do all those things. But when it comes to a football, oh, sorry, futsal game, the space is so small and the ball is so small, you can't chip it. Um, you have to think quicker and, and you have to think 
differently and just a little bit more craftily and creatively because you've just got like more parameters um that that are are kind of uh challenging your movement we'll say um through uh, up and down up and down the court now of course it's different to say disability or or anything um within our conversation but it's similar through the sense of restrictions you know restrictions in terms of having to figure out okay cool how can i achieve my goal and get from point a to point b in the best smartest exactly. quickest way possible 100%. um so and that's I, exactly it, what i love about adaptive sports say that again and that's what i love about adaptive sports is yeah. that you can everybody does something a little bit different yeah but it's just figuring out what works for you and how you can do it best heck yeah um 100 and i think that's a it's again whether we're talking sports or or music um it's it's so interesting because i i think that is such a an important conversation um adaption period uh, i had a uh a parent uh, i'm gonna say three or four years ago now known them forever reached out to me their their son has cp and um and asked if I thought he'd be able to learn the piano. And my answer to any question ever like that is, of course he can. Um, of, of course he can. We'll, we'll adapt how, how he does it. Um, but of course he can, for sure. Uh, today he's playing the piano, the bass guitar. He's writing songs. He's, he, he's, a, he's a musical beast. <laughs> he's, he's nuts, man. Um, and, uh, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's just interesting. I'll forever remember the, the first moment he played with both hands, um, his, his first, first song and, and the look, the look of, of like, I did this was incredible. Um, why? Because here's a kid who too often is told all the things he can't do by, um, societal norms and by people who are used to those societal norms and aren't approaching things through that adaptive. No, you can do it. It just might look different for you than it will me, Uh, but it doesn't mean you can't do it. You absolutely can't. Um, so props to you, Trev, for continuing to, to break those boundaries and, and, and really, um, be that representation in the world that, you didn't necessarily have grown up in your small town because, you know, some, some person, some kid is going to look to you and go, yes, I, I can do that. And I, I see that because, because Trevor's doing it. That's wicked. So, so cool. I can do it. Um, man, I love that. I get fired up about stories and stuff like that. So, so cool. Um, Love it. Well, I uh, I did want to know if you had um, if you had a piece of advice that you would give to an athlete struggling to find the strength in living with disability, um, whether it be spina bifida specific or not, what would it be? Probably be the most stubborn person you possibly can. Yes. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Don't try and overthink everything just keep moving get that muscle memory and keep fighting yeah um my favorite quote is 
from a guy named Edmund Burke. He said, no one made a greater mistake than he who did nothing because he could only do a little. It's, in the beginning, you're never going to be amazing at anything. Um, you're not going to be super fast right off, the top, for, right off the bat when you start track. You're not going to be super strong when you start powerlifting. You're not going to be super accurate when you start archery. Just be willing to fail because if you're not failing, you're not trying. Mm -hmm. So just put in the work, keep failing over and over and over again until you start to make it. Mm -hmm. And then just keep putting one foot in front of the other. We, uh, first of all, that was a great piece of advice. I love that. Thank you for sharing it. Um, we talk about on here, we've talked about the idea of failure. So, so often I feel like, because we're, again, whether we're talking spina bifida and hydrocephalus, our community of disability at large, or just people in general, we we're so scared to fail. We're so scared yeah. at what people will think when we do fail. Um, and we, I feel like we still in, in a large way view failure, um, in such a, in such a bad way versus no failure is a, a, an incredibly important part of, of exactly. the process to success. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. Like, um, for instance, at the Endeavor games in mm -hmm. July, yeah. um, I missed my second attempt really bad in powerlifting. Yeah. I got the first attempt, second attempt, I made a really stupid mistake yeah. that I knew immediately how to correct. And so I just came home and I trained super hard on how to fix that um, grip on the bar. And then yeah. I went back to nationals in Denver and I absolutely destroyed the exact same weight. Yeah. So it's just, you can learn a lot more from failure than you can from success. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about it, but can I, can I ask what is next for you in terms of competition, what, what okay, you're doing? So, yeah. So next up, I have a level one powerlifting camp in Minnesota in this October, um, which is the first step towards Paris 2024 for adaptive powerlifting. And uh, yeah. So then after that, by Christmas, I'm trying to get the seated deadlift world record for Mammoth Spotted Man, that's so cool. Do I get your autograph now or later? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love that. I love that. I love that. Um, I actually, I wanted to ask this question earlier and, and now maybe I'll just ask it. I'll just ask it now. Uh, I, I had asked this to Miranda as well. What would you... I mean, in the world, we see the Olympics as the Olympics. And then so often it's like, and then there's the Paralympics. What would you, moving into the future, what would you love to see? How would you love to see the Paralympics continue to evolve? Hmm. Probably just to see more, uh, more coverage. Yeah. Really just. Because a lot of people, it's not that they don't care about it. It's not that they don't, or even that they dislike it or anything. It's just that they don't see it. It's yeah. not really shown at all. So I mean, maybe if there's just more coverage of it, I think that'd be a huge step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd agree. Um, and I, I think it's been, it was interesting watching, and you correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, please. Um, I've, I noticed it more, not a lot, but Absolutely. more this year than other yes. years. It's been um, amazing. Yeah. Like every commercial. And it's yeah. been amazing to see. Yeah. 
So yeah. they definitely had to be the right direction. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And I think it's interesting because to come back to even your own personal story as um, as somebody who grew up in a small town with nobody like him, um, couldn't identify or relate to anybody else. Um, felt very alone and and all those things. Um, it's it's no different than you know how society sees something like the Paralympics. If if people don't see it, they just don't know. It doesn't, as you said, doesn't mean people don't care. It's just that exactly. they need to see it. They need to see it, and and that that um, that shift for those shifts to continue to happen and evolve. Uh, it needs the coverage and it needs to be seen more um, exactly through through and not just an equal but an equitable lens and uh, and and yeah I, I I agree and it as I say it was really really cool there were some cool commercials there there was some really cool commercials um, I, I think that I saw anyways more this year than any other Definitely. year which is is great but keep come on world let's just keep pumping them out and and uh yeah i love that thanks for sharing that trev really really appreciate that um and thanks so so much for joining me on an episode um thank you so much for having me this has been really fun yeah well as i say i i'm excited to see you in paris um (laughs) buy my ticket sooner than later excited to see you there and uh man continue to crush it continue to crush it and and uh, it's exciting, I, I, I will say, and, and I'll, I just want to say thank you because it's, it's, it's really cool to see you doing what you're doing, but it's also really cool for specifically our community of, of Spina Bifida as well as um, the, the larger community of disability at, at large, period, and, and continuing to break down those societal, physiological, mental, social, all those barriers that uh, that still exist in the world and and you are literally crushing them um and and it's it's just it's really really cool and and i'm grateful to you coming on here for sharing some of it with me thank you that means the world to me thank you of so course. much of course and i hope we can just continue to be in touch and and please Absolutely. I, I, especially when you're in the guinness book you're gonna have to come back and like tell <laughs> us what that was like man i would love to <laughs> Uh, all right, Trev. Well, uh, you take care and we'll see you again soon, yeah? All right. All right, man. See you. Bye. Bye. B is for the people, both big and small. U is for the unity that gathers us all. S for spinal dick, but the H for hydrocephalus. Say the push to the world, never let them get the best of us.